This is Channel 253. Move to Tacoma. On this episode of Move to Tacoma. If you were an everyday average person, you would move to Seattle and live in Seattle just like everyone up there, right? But we're not. Yeah. And I think that needs to apply to how we manage our businesses, how we celebrate our businesses and and grow these businesses with a bit of grit, grow them with a little bit of quirk, something that's different that stands out. It, it feels like we do ourselves, like we do the city a service if we can position all of our businesses in that way. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com membership to join. Thank you. Practicing physical distance, not social. I'm Marguerite, and I want you to move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. You'll like it. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Dot com. Hi, I'm Marguerite. This is Move to Tacoma, and I'm here today with Natalie Bowman from Oh Happy Day Party Shop. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Marguerite. Uh, I follow you on Twitter, and obviously we're friends, and so I keep up with your escapades. And you had tweeted uh, a few months ago about how your job is, your day job is working in marketing at Alaska Airlines, and you, right before COVID hit, you and your husband bought a party shop and relocated it here to Tacoma. So you're you're focused on uh, airlines and parties. Like, that's your life in the pandemic. How's it going? <laughs> yes, travel and parties, two things that um, people are anxious to do again. Yes. So it has been fun. It's been a great learning experience on both sides. I think how people think about travel and talk about it has changed a lot. Um, and then on the party side, it really, you know, people have had to think differently about how they celebrate those special moments in their lives. And that's been fun to be a part of. Um, obviously, though, it's a, you know, a bit concerning when we're, there aren't parties. So we're anxious for parties to come back in full force. Well, I have lots of questions about setting up a business in Tacoma and what you've learned this year and how people are celebrating at a distance. But first, I should probably ask you, when did you move to Tacoma and why? My Tacoma story. So my husband and I, um, we lived in Seattle and his parents moved to Tacoma. This was about seven or eight years ago. His parents moved to Tacoma from Portland and my husband grew up in Queen Anne and he has a bit of Queen Anne snobbery in mm. him. And so he was not excited about his parents moving to Tacoma. Um, and I give him a hard time about that. But every time we came to visit them, you know, they would show us darling neighborhoods and they have a lovely home in Old Town, which Ann Jones sold to Aww. them. Um, and so it just, every time we came, we loved it a little bit more and started looking at real estate, fell in love with the house in Proctor. So we moved into that house and that was about six years ago. In between, we did move to Dallas for a couple years, but came right back to Tacoma. So that's awesome. Yeah. And your neighborhood now is? I'm in the North End by the Warehouser Mansion. I never know if you still can call that Proctor. Yeah, it's I, I, everybody I know that lives over there kind of is like, what is this called? <laughs> yeah, it's the North End, close yeah. to Proctor, yeah. close to the Warehouser Mansion. Yeah. And how do you like it? What do you like about your neighborhood? I um, I love I love the architecture of all of Proctor and the North End, just the old homes. We have a colonial from 1900. 
Um, so I, you know, it's funny to think that the family that lived in this house in 1918 went through the same thing, that another family oh, wow. quarantined in this house during so true. the Spanish flu. Um, so that I think is super interesting, but I love the history and the architecture. It's so beautiful. Um, the schools are really great. You know, we're, we're big fans of, of Proctor in the area and Tacoma in general. That's awesome. I'm curious, um, since your husband was initially resistant to Tacoma, how did his parents end up there? Like, what was it that clicked about Tacoma for them? You know, it's a good, it's a good question. I, I think they were just seeking affordability uh-huh. and charm. You know, I think they what, what they will say and what Jake has said, Jake's my husband, is that Tacoma now reminds them of what Queen Anne and Seattle was 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were just looking for, for that. Um, and they found it in Old Town. That's awesome. Yeah. So you guys have been here for a few years, got your feet under you. What made you decide to go into the party shop business? <laughs> so the Oh Happy Day brand is a, a brand that was created by a friend of mine 10 plus years ago. I've known about it. I've been a fan. I was one of their top customers. And she had started to do another thing. She created the Color Factory, which is a big color um, lifestyle experience, like the Museum of Ice Cream. Mm. So she had had a lot of success with that. And she was becoming a little bored with her party shop and wanted to sell it. And so we were having conversations about her selling it. And she was having a hard time finding someone who understood the brand and who had the same passion that she did for the product and the brand, and I did, and just the more we talked about it, the more it started to make sense. Jake has a background in operations and managing a warehouse, and so we bought it and packed it up. It was based in San Francisco, and so we moved everything up, and we're in a you know, 4,000 square foot warehouse in the McKinley neighborhood. In McKinley? Yeah, um, which is really interesting because it's very residential. We're like two blocks down from Dusty's Hideaway. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just this little, like, it was a former body shop. And so now we have the warehouse and studio out of that spot. That is so cool. Okay, so I have to, so first of all, like, I, I, I this is probably self-evident for anybody who's listened. Like, I'm not necessarily, like, a party shop aficionado. Like I have no small children. Like I, I don't throw birthday parties. Like I, I don't consider myself like a full of taste, like Instagram influencer aesthetic person. So when you bought the shop, I was like, well, I better go see what this thing is. And it's so beautiful. Like all the stuff you sell is so beautiful. And it's, it's, I, I catch myself like sneaking on there. I mean, I get your emails now. And so I'm like, Oh, I do kind of want a giant foil candy cane <laughs> balloon to accentuate my Christi- Christmas morning experience. Right? Like I'm, I'm getting sucked in to this like world of party stuff. Can you talk about like, who is your customer? Like who are the folks that buy your stuff and what do they love? And, and you were saying like, it was a different kind of party shop brand since I'm unfamiliar with the uh, run of the mill party shop yeah. brand. Can you talk about the difference? Sure. So there really are not that many lifestyle party brands that appeal to people who are aesthetically driven, who care about those things mm. because party city you know, they've cornered the market on party supplies. That is the thing that most people know. Mm-hmm. For people who care about design, you walk into a party city and it's just assaults your senses. There, <laughs> there's nothing in there that you want to bring into your house. There's nothing there that you want to Instagram. You don't feel proud about the things that you buy at Party City. And so the Oh Happy Day brand is really the antithesis of that. And it is the idea that even if it's just a paper plate, 
for a casual dinner, you still want it to be a beautiful paper plate and you still want it to be a beautiful color. And so that Oh Happy Day tableware is really the centerpiece of our site and of the party. And then we add in all of the accessories, the garlands, the fans, the foil balloons, and all of the fun shapes. Um, so that's really our approach. Our target audience, our customer is primarily an affluent mom. Um, we like to say the media trifecta is that she reads Bon Appetit magazine, New York Times, and shops in anthropology. So just kind of <laughs> think of the person in that Crystal world. Crystal clear. <laughs> you sort of, you, you get who she is. Um, we are, we're, we sell in every state. Um, most of our sales come out of California, New York City, or the New York, Connecticut, New Jersey area. Um, but then we're also global. We mm. last year sold in 22 countries awesome. outside the United States. So it's, it's a really big reach, um, which is exciting. So what have you learned? I mean, obviously, this is your first time owning a small business, right? Correct. And then your first time opening a business in Tacoma. You had to move the business up the West Coast. Like, before we even bring in the COVIDs, like, what is it like to go through that? Like, how is it to set up a business here in town? Like, what did you go through? You know, there, there was very little interaction that I had with the town. I, I would say I felt like we did it all on our own, you know, through legal zoom for for our, our lawyers. We did eventually hire a lawyer locally, but it it never felt like Tacoma was helping us get set up for business in Tacoma. I had reached out a couple of times to like the economic development group. More is just to say we're doing this because yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean we are a wholesale brand and you know we wholesale in nine different countries. Like that feels significant for Tacoma, but it was crickets. Same, like local media, economic development, we didn't really get any reaction. Um, and I don't know if that was because it wasn't a storefront, because it was mm. online, if there was just this perception that an online offering is somehow not a real small business yeah. in the city, when it is, we're you know, as much small business owners as anyone. I remember when you were first starting out, you pinged me and you were like, hey, we're looking for warehouse space. And I remember being like, first of all, like, why is Natalie looking for warehouse space? <laughs> and then also like having to respond the way I always respond when people ask me about commercial real estate, which is I have no idea. Like that's not what I do at all. Yeah. And what was it like trying to find commercial real estate in Tacoma? Because my, my understanding is it's quite challenging. It was hard. Um, yeah, we you know, tried to figure it out ourselves through Google and you sent some great recommendations. And my husband, everything we were finding was like strip mall storage uh, in other towns like Sumner, mm -hmm. um, areas I'd never even heard of. So sort of on the other side of the highway kind of locations, not exciting because there's a personality to the brand. And I wanted to be like, my vision was this was naive, but was that we would have a warehouse downtown, you know, somewhere downtown that we would be like in the brewery district. And that's where yeah. we would be part of the community there. But none of that really matched. And some of it's just the logistics of it doesn't have a loading dock or, mm. you know, you'd have to go up five flights of stairs, which doesn't work when you're a shipping operation. Yep. Um, I found the location that we're in on a Craigslist ad. I looked in Craigslist and the owner, it's a man, he owns basically the entire block and rinse out the houses and the businesses, and it's just super local. You know, we write a check to Fred every day. There's no, <laughs> so it's in that sense, almost probably not even commercial. I mean, we're yeah. zoned for commercial. We're not breaking any laws here, but it's, yeah. it's not as if we worked with a commercial real estate broker right. or any of that. So would you say that's a pretty Tacoma experience or like, is that something that would be specific to our community to kind of bump, like stumble into 
this kind of arrangement or is that like do you think that's I don't I'm Doug's looking at me funny did I just say something messed up Doug (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know I mean it it might maybe that is a Tacoma quirk that that I didn't you're like I don't know I just found this guy named Fred on Craigslist and now I have a warehouse yeah he's and he's Tacoma to me yeah and you know being in McKinley is fantastic because you do feel like and it's not as much of a business community where we are but you do feel like you know we're at the coffee shop, the at Lux, the local mm-hmm. coffee shop, or eating at Dusty's. Like you're trying to give back as much as you can within that area. Well, and that's like that's a that's a community where the business district is really like starting to come together. It must be nice to be a part of that. Yeah, I think it's exciting, and it's an opportunity zone. We didn't buy it, but the financial benefits of you know for him to own a business to own that operation in an opportunity zone, I think, is also a big deal. I don't actually know about that. What's that about? Oh, I'm going to do a terrible, so you're going to, so <laughs> one of your listeners is going to know more about this than I do, but opportunity zones are areas designated by the federal government to get special privileges and tax breaks oh. um, if you start a business in that area. So you're essentially, businesses are rewarded for buying property and starting businesses in these particular zones, and that happens to be one of them. So if you had bought the warehouse, then you would have been able to get those benefits. That's right. So interesting. Yeah. No, I had no idea about that. Yeah. So, okay, you're, you're starting a party shop with your husband. You're like, this is going to be great. You know, maybe Tacoma's not chomping at the bit to know everything about it, but you're getting it going. It's exciting. And then, like, COVID hits. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how that's been. <laughs> yeah, so we were, what, seven months in, I think. You know, we took it over in July. And so you spend the first six months to a year just understanding the operation, understanding right. the basics. You know, for us, we were just trying to protect the customers that we had. We mm-hmm. weren't really looking to grow. And less than 5% of our revenue comes from the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. anyway. So we were really focused on that. And then COVID hit, and that became almost, you had to even double down more to to protect revenue There were a lot of lessons that I had learned from my corporate job and seeing what corporations were doing in reaction to a pandemic that I carried through, like, you know, cutting costs, thinking differently about your supplier relationships, asking for delays on payments and those things. So just smart things to help you shore up cash. So I was able to do that. And then I did start to do more Tacoma-focused marketing. So the Happy Balloon deliveries was worked really well for us. And that is where we delivered a box of air-filled balloons and a giant balloon to your doorstep. Wow. And so where did that idea come from? So I don't remember where it came from. I think I just wanted to do something different and we have a lot of balloons. And <laughs> it just felt like a way to bring a smile. And that was in you know, June, July, which I feel like was more of the darker time because mm-hmm. people hadn't yet adjusted to it. And you, mm-hmm. you really felt like you were trapped in your house. You weren't seeing people. And I did it almost as a fluke. And I, Hallie was one of, Hallie Kanigi was one of the first people to buy one. And she promoted it on her social channels. And we got, you know, 25, 30 orders for balloon boxes. And how so. to, okay, so explain what a balloon, is this something you still do? We, uh, so we can. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it? Like- so it's literally just a giant box, like a big moving box kind of thing, filled with balloons already blown up. Already blown up. Already blown up and sealed. And then it had one big giant, like those sort of bigger than a beach ball looking balloons uh-huh. tied on top of it. So you could like leave it on someone's doorstep. You put it on someone's doorstep. And you've seen our packaging. We have the, the yellow and white striped tape and the happy stickers and all of that. And so... So someone would get that at their doorstep, 
makes them smile. The balloons last a couple days. Um, so it was just a fun thing to do. You know, it was a fun, silly thing. Didn't require helium. Helium is very expensive and very rare. And so anything we can do that doesn't use helium totally. is, is always a bonus too. So what kind of people ordered them and what did they, what, what, what occasions? Was it just like, I want to cheer up my friend in the plague or was it like, oh, it's a birthday and I can't go to my friend's house? Like, how were people using them? Yeah, we saw all kinds of things. And what was super interesting to me too is all kinds of neighborhoods too. It was all over Tacoma. Mm. It wasn't as if it was, you know, just the Furcrest moms yeah. buying it. Um, so it was great. It was a really diverse group of people buying it. We did see a lot of kids' birthdays. So for people who couldn't go, you yeah. know, grandparents buying it to deliver to their grandkids. Um, we saw quite a bit of that, grown-up birthdays. And then I think a lot of it was just, you know, let's just make someone smile. There were a couple of instances where one neighbor would buy it for five or six people on their street. And so that was a fun visual just to deliver and see all of these big balloon boxes on everyone's porch on a block. So how much of running the business, especially in the current climate, is, okay, like, we need to figure out, like, what our margins are on different items and make sure that we're healthy and selling the right things, and how much is we need to figure out interesting ways to surprise and delight? Yeah, I, you know, I would say it's probably 75% run the business, hit the margins, mm. drive e-commerce, mm -hmm. and 25% surprise and delight. Um, I'd like it to be more because the surprise and delight, particularly in Tacoma, is yeah. how Tacoma learns about us uh -huh. and how we become, you know, more of a fixture here, which I would like to be. And I think that's the challenge as a business owner of the business can thrive without Tacoma, but I don't want it to thrive without Tacoma. I want it to thrive and I want it to thrive in Tacoma as well. And I think that's a really important goal for, for Oh Happy Day. <laughs> well, uh, there seems to be someone walking by with a leaf blower. So let's go to a break really quick. Hello, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, Citizen Tacoma. It's no secret that Tacoma's real estate market is off the charts right now. And whenever I have a question about what's happening, I take them to everyone's favorite pod auntie, Marguerite Martin. I trust her for so many reasons, but one of them is that she's not trying to sell me a house. After 16 years helping Tacomans buy homes, she's now a professional real estate matchmaker. That means her entire focus is getting you connected with the best agent for what you need. She helps you find experts because no agent is good at everything. Marguerite knows all the agents and she knows their specialty. Tell her what you're looking for and she'll help you swipe right for your perfect real estate agent. She helps me and my wife find an amazing agent to sell our condo downtown. And when we are ready to buy our next home, we'll turn to her for a match again. Best of all, getting a referral doesn't cost a dime. The agent pays Marguerite a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing that you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. To get started, visit movetotacoma.com and hit the contact form. Thank you, Marguerite, for getting Channel 253 up and running and your ongoing support of local media. Okay, we're back. And, you know, thanks for your patience, Natalie. Because of the Rona, we are in a, a giant conference room with the window open downtown at Pioneer Collective. And all of the atmosphere is drifting in through the uh, plague-friendly open window. How are you doing with that, Doug? It's great. It's, he's, he's, he's being very patient. <laughs> Love it. 
So, Natalie, like we were just talking about like the portion of your business that is, you know, surprise and delight and that Tacomans can kind of take advantage because it's it's located here, you know, you're still in the process of growing that. Like how how can the community support the business? Um, and how how do you what is your dream of how that relationship goes? Yeah, I think there are two two primary things. One is obviously shopping with us. Um, we're we ship really quickly, so most Tacoma orders people could come pick up same day. We hand deliver a lot of Tacoma orders because it's on our way home. It's just that is easier. wild to me. Um, but even if it's mailed post office, it, it arrives the next day. So so we're super fast. Um, shopping, I think you know, is obviously one way. And then local small businesses, we have the wholesale line, and I would love to see more local boutiques carrying the Oh Happy Day tableware brand. Um, we're at Paper Lux and Curious Bear, so they carry the line. But I think that that is also, you know, getting that support from local business owners carrying products, um, particularly when some of them carry our competitors who are not based here in Tacoma. I think that there's a big opportunity there. So you have a very clear business lady vision here. You're like, I just want to see my stuff in the stores where stuff. I shop. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I want people of Tacoma to see something from Tacoma in stores where they shop too. Totally. I think that's the, knowing there's a Tacoma alternative to sort of an everyday item yeah. that yes, you can buy cheaper at Safeway, but it won't be as pretty. It won't look as well on Instagram and it doesn't have that local connection that we just want people to, to stop and think twice there. That's awesome. So what do you, what do you see as being sort of the next step with the business? You know, obviously it, it feels like this plague might be with us a, a little while longer. Yeah. So what, what does it look like to party in 2021? I think we'll continue to see smaller parties. We, you know, we definitely saw a reduction in the number of items people were buying. So I think smaller parties will continue. But I do think people will add more daily celebrations. I think that's going to become more important of when you are stuck at home all day and you can't go out and celebrate, bringing a little bit of celebration in. And so we saw like more people buying heart balloons around Valentine's Day than they might have before. And just those little touches to make things a little bit happier, I think, is is really important. So what is it what does it look like to celebrate at home with your closest people? Like what are your what are your tips for this? I mean, I, I follow you on Instagram, so I see you with your family and you you make a lot of everyday occasions very special. Like it's just part of your life, which is probably why you own a party shop. Right. But like for those of us that maybe that's not part of our current paradigm, like what do you what do you suggest? Like how do how do you start like making these things a little more delightful? Yeah. I think, you know, a key thing is balloons are always an easy go-to, and we, we don't use a lot of helium, so we will just blow up balloons and throw them on the ground and let, you know, the kids, the kids will create fun out of balloons pretty easily, mm. and the shapes ha help a lot, um, the balloon shapes, and the beauty of those balloon shapes, those can last for weeks. Yeah. Um, and the big balloons, we have these three-foot balloons, and those usually need some kind of air lower to blow up you can't mm -hmm. do it with your own mouth but once you get those blown up those can last up to a week as well and so it just to have that kind of fun thing laying around your house makes a big difference when you're never leaving your house yeah um, and I also think because current and this is a this the room we're in is a good example of current decor trends are so muted and everyone's homes have become so neutral yeah that even just having a pop of color on this gray day, actually, I think just helps people's moods feel better. So it feels like a simple thing, but it makes a big difference. 
So can I, I just bought some things from the shop that I'm, I'm I haven't put up yet, but I'm still trying to understand what they are. What are what are the things the I'm, I'm making a motion with my hands? Yes. So you bought a honeycomb fan. I bought like six honeycomb you fans. Did. <laughs> so this is a this is my favorite category of item that we sell. So honeycomb is a very you know, vintage, traditional party supply. Like if you think of the parties, the weddings from the 50s, I always sort of visualize those like New Jersey weddings from mafia movies in the 50s and they had the pink and white bells hanging. Yes. All of that is honeycomb. And now, and because of Oh Happy Day, because of Jordan Fernie, the founder of Oh Happy Day, honeycombs are hip again. And you use them to create like really exciting displays like you could put all of your fans together they come in fans balls diamonds all of that but they're 100% paper they're made in the United States they're reusable so from a decor element it's just a really cool exciting way to do it and it feels super fresh and in the UK it's super popular to just leave those up that it that becomes your decor they're not just for parties well, our friend, uh, Cher- uh, Rochelle Bergstrom, who owns Elope 253, she had taught me how to make paper flowers a few years ago. So I have, like, my house is exactly what you're describing, like, very neutral. There is very little color in my house. That is much too much risk to take. I don't, I'm, like, it's not my gift. But then, like, I have these paper flowers that are so pretty that our friend helped, uh, helped me make. And then I was thinking of, like, okay, I'm going to in- integrate the honeycombs into my paper flower uh, decor. And I'm like, who am I? Like, only yeah. during a pandemic do I have the time to and 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 like I'm sitting in my house looking at my neutral walls where I I wasn't home very much before right like is this what you're seeing with more is it just me or is this becoming like kind of a common thing yeah I think people are are bringing more of those decor happy elements into their everyday life You, you don't need a party you don't need people to come over to have a reason to just bring a smile that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, what else do you think that, that people should be thinking about? Or what else did you want to say about being a small business owner in Tacoma <laughs> right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, it's really important that the people with, with media, with voices, whether it's a, the local newspaper or blogs, that they're really thoughtful about supporting Tacoma businesses. I yeah. think, you know, the local gift guides was a good example. And I think I told you this because our first Christmas here, Oh Happy Day wasn't listed in any local gift guide. And mm-hmm. these are, I have friends who have, who know me, yeah. who were not putting Oh Happy Day in their local Christmas gift guides. There was a lot more the second year, but I think that you really have to, the business owners have to do more work to get in front of the media. And the media, I think, needs to think twice and make sure they're really, are they really promoting Tacoma businesses? Yeah. Or are they reinforcing that you need to go to the Tacoma Mall or, mm-hmm. you know, buy that sort of national brand? Um, well, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, especially like Pacific Grill has clothes, which was, you know, I think that cut many of us very deeply. And it, it, it was like a sign of like how serious and how urgent the situation is for local businesses, mm-hmm. uh, especially since the, the amount of federal aid has not been abundant to help right. keep businesses and individuals afloat. So what do you think we as a community need to do to support each other as, as things, you know, as things continue on? Like, I mean, you've talked about some practical things, but are there, you know, I see the economic development department and the chamber like doing different classes and having like, you can apply for this $10,000 grant and those kinds Mm -hmm. of things, but more on an individual basis, like what can we be doing to help each other? I think that the community sharing of, of business and, and this is, 
not specific to Tacoma, but I do see it in Tacoma where the loudest voices offering business advice or social media advice are not actually experts in the space. Mm. And I think that's incredibly risky because you create this pocket of these are the Tacoma experts in social media, yet they don't actually manage large social media accounts. Mm -hmm. And so trying to, and I don't know how we as a community solve that. I think it's just a lot of air and attention is being placed on the people who are probably not as helpful as what these small business owners need. And economic development, to me, that group could play a role there in establishing the list of experts, the resources of who truly are the people in Tacoma that can help you move your business forward. Um, and we have some great, you know, almost hidden talent, I think, like the real estate, some of the most creative marketing happening in Tacoma comes through the real estate world. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you, Natalie. <laughs> but there is something there, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of insight and learning that those people like Ruthie Taylor and Jones, mm -hmm. they're so skilled at, that is great learning that would be beneficial to small business owners. And so maybe it's forging those connections across industries that would help. I know, for, and for myself, because you know, I own a business, and sometimes it feels like when I'm talking to, I, I was just talking to a local business owner who I will anonymize for, <laughs> on my walk over here, is it's like, so often people think the solution to their problem is a marketing problem. It's, it's a marketing solution, and, and, and marketing can't help you if you don't know what you need. And this is the part where I feel the most afraid for my friends who own businesses, because I'll say, like, okay, like, what do you need? How much of your widgets, how many widgets do you need to mm -hmm. sell this month to be okay? How much do you need to, th this question, how much do you need to make to be okay this year? Like, what is our revenue goal? And people cannot freaking answer that question. And I'm like, y'all, like, First answer That's that question. Terrifying. Yeah, and, and it's 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 so common. And whether and I mean I've asked this question of real estate agents making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, or even asking the question, how much did you make last year? And I don't mean like just the number that you filed with your taxes, but like truly, like what was your gross? What was your net? What was your expenses total? Like they don't have it in their head. And I think like if you're gonna have a business and you're gonna start you can survive times like what we're going through, but we need more clarity. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when these things get really bumpy, what we do is we just kind of like bury our heads a little. Like, I don't even want to look at it. I don't even want to know. And I think the first step is really getting a lot of clarity around, you know, what is the thing, what is, like I asked you like, well, is it higher margin items? Right. Like, you know, what is the thing that's gonna make the biggest difference to whether or not you weather this? And what's the easiest and most joyful way to get through this? Right. How do we start like, asking each other and supporting each other and answering those questions because everybody's going to sell you a social media package where they post on Instagram for you. Right. And that's probably not going to solve your problem. No, I think it's a great, it's a great point. And I don't, I don't know that we can rely on the city or, you know, any civic organization to help in that space. And I think that's a, that's the challenge for business owners. And I'm not as familiar with, I think, City Club. Is, my guess is City Club might start to offer resources like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I think of City Club as a place where, like, civic conversations happen. But I, I don't, I mean, I would never think of that being a place where I would go for small business support. But when I really think about it, like, I mean, 
there have been different organizations, mostly like women, women led groups of like women entrepreneurs getting together and like sharing ideas and having small conferences here in Tacoma. Yeah. But obviously during COVID times, that is harder to do. Yeah. So how do we develop community? How do we share tips and tricks? You know, what does yeah. that look like going forward? And if, if somebody is listening and they're like, girl, why aren't you guys talking about blah, blah, blah? We're totally doing that already. Right. Uh, hit the contact form on my website and let me know and I will stick it in the show notes because yeah. from everyone I'm talking to like people are just trying to figure out how to keep afloat this year yeah I think for me I've just looked to the people who are operating at the caliber that I want to be operating at like you and asking those people for advice and there are not that many people in Tacoma. And I think that's the, the harder thing too, of the, the pockets of people who are operating massively successful businesses just in Tacoma. It, it's hard to find that list. It's a short list. Well, and I wonder like, is it that they're not here or they're not talking about it? Cause I think there's, there's like people that work and talk like, I mean, you can't shut me up about my work, right? right. <laughs> like I'm talking about it all the time, but a lot of folks, like they just, you know, they, they're not part of the online community. They're not on Twitter talking about business tips, right? Like how do we, how do we sort of surface those folks and match business expertise and yeah promotional expertise, I guess. It's, also, is the word. it's an uncomfortable conversation. I mean, particularly for women to talk about anything financial, you um, don't want to share dollars. And so then it also makes it hard to have a conversation. Like, are we talking about a five figure business? Are we talking about a six figure business? Absolutely. And so you're, you never having the transparent conversation because that block in talking about money is so real. Well, and I am just, I, I am so indiscreet about money. I talk about money all the time. <laughs> like, well, you know, I think that comes from real estate because it's out there. It's Everyone, a, Everyone can look at how much money we make. They know what your commission is off of that house. Like you can kind of get an idea. Totally. There's no other industry, I think, where it's as visible. Well, and I think as a consequence, and speaking especially about women business owners, as a consequence, like, you know, and this is one thing where where Hallie has been a, a real like influence in my thinking around this, but like talking about money, talking about how much money you make, like that is so important for women because one of the ways that we have sort of been, we're socialized to people please, to not talk about things mm-hmm. like that. And I, I think that's what is part of what is keeping us back. And it's, it's keeping us from helping each other. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I have, I've gone from making like very little money to having years where I made more money than I ever thought I could. And I, I, I just, I'm over it. I want to talk about money with everybody, yeah. you know? It's hard. And in my, you know, coming from corporate world, you don't do it in the corporate world. And I'm seeing increasingly people on my team who are much younger, much more comfortable having those conversations. And so it, it's an interesting management predicament as well when your team's are way more open with each other talking about salaries. Absolutely. Um, but it's, I think it's healthy. It just takes a while for everyone to get there. To, to acclimate. Well, and, and, then, and then there's places like, I, I'm going to be like talking a little outside my, my range of knowledge right now, but I've learned about places like Glassdoor. Is that what it's called? Glassdoor or Glassdoor? <laughs> the website where people yeah, can list their Glassdoor. salaries yeah. and it's like anonymous reviews of yeah. companies and employers and management teams. And like the idea that like we can keep secrets or that it's advantageous and strategic to be discreet about these things. Like I think like at some point the dam's just going to burst mm-hmm. and we're all just going to know. And there will absolutely be impacts from that, right? For sure. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we ended up talking about that, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about money, it helps. If you're asking for advice, it helps you to be able to have that more open conversation, I think. 
So when we think about, you know, the different things that we've talked about today, as far as like running your business in Tacoma in these pandemic times, like, first of all, like lean on your community, speak up about businesses that you love online and in person, like help make connections to support them. What else, Natalie? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Are you leading me? Am I missing something? No, I'm not leading you. I'm just trying to make sure that I don't miss an opportunity to get some knowledge out of you while you're here. <laughs> you know, I um, I think the forcing ourselves to be disruptive, I think there is something, there's something inherent in the people that chose to live in Tacoma mm. or who chose to stay in Tacoma. Mm -hmm. There is a grittiness. There's an unconventionality. There, there's something different, right? Like if, if you were an everyday average person, you would move to Seattle and live in Seattle just like everyone up there, right? But we're not. Yeah. And I think that needs to apply to how we manage our businesses, how we celebrate our businesses and and grow these businesses with a bit of grit, grow them with a little bit of quirk, something that's different that stands out. It, it feels like we do ourselves, like we do the city a service if we can position all of our businesses in that way. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Natalie. Yeah. And good luck me. with running a party shop in a pandemic. Thank you. <laughs> Want to learn more about life in Tacoma? Visit movetotacoma.com. Doug was like, what's Natalie talking about today? And I'm like, buying a party shop in a plague. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Channel 253 is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com membership and join. Thank you. Move to Tacoma as part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, We Are Tacoma, Flounders B Team, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.